Hey y'all, I'm Reese and welcome to Making Meaning. First and foremost, thank you all for being here for the last episode of season one of Making Meaning. Making Meaning is a podcast by the Cohere Collective that is here to guide you along your path to make meaning in a way that makes sense for you by sharing meaning-making stories from a variety of different people. And today, I don't have a guest with me. It is just me, your host, Reese Brown. This week, I am here just by myself, um, talking to you about this last season of Making Meaning. Um, Making Meaning has been in the works for quite some time. In terms of just being an idea, it's been there for almost 10 years for me. And now I'm saying this is the final episode of season one, which is a really surreal experience, but also really, really wonderful um, and really rewarding. So today for the final episode, just like the first episode of Making Meaning, I wanted to sit down, just me and a mic and you, lovely listener and audience, and go back over season one, some of my favorite moments, biggest insights, and talk you through where I'm at after all of the things that I've learned from season one. So thank you for being here and for being a part of the journey thus far. And I hope you'll stick around to see what happens in season two and all the new fun stuff that's coming from the Cohere Collective in addition to Making Meaning. So let's take a deep breath and get started. like starting with taking a deep breath because I mean we all know the psychological and mental benefits that breathing deeply has but I think in terms of podcasts especially one like this it can be really easy to throw something on in the background and then forget about it which if that's what you do that's wonderful thank you for still listening and letting this be your background but I think starting intentionally especially if you're really listening closely into subtext, it's a good pause to remind you of what making meaning is all about. It's about you and your journey and how you can relate to whoever I'm interviewing or this episode. It's a nice moment to pause. So thank you for taking that deep breath with me. I don't know if I've ever explained that on the mic. So there you go. Um, I do want to go through all of the episodes thus far chronologically and talk about my favorite moments, but we're going to skip over episode one and come back to it, which is called The Beginning. So we're going to return to the beginning at the end. <laughs> and we'll start with episode two and our, go- our ghost, oh my goodness, Freudian slip, our guest was one of my wonderful roommates and dear friends, Nicole Adams. And... In this episode, Nicole and I talked a lot about creativity. One thing that Nicole really taught me in this conversation is that creativity isn't like a switch that you turn on and off whenever you're going to use it, right? It's not something that artists walk into the studio and then all of a sudden they're like, okay, it's creative time. Creativity is 
kind of a part of life flow that's just happening all around us all all the time, right? And you can choose to tap into it or not, but it's something that life is just imbued with, right? Being a human being is innately a creative thing. It's impossible to separate ourselves from being creative people because even if you feel like you're living a life that is pretty status quo, you are still choosing and actively creating that life for yourself, right? So that was a really interesting paradigm shift that I had in the middle of that conversation about how we all can choose how big or little we engage with creativity, but engaging with it is not a choice. That's just something that we all do all the time. Listening to Nicole's take on creativity just being all around us all the time was really insightful for me and really powerful in the way that creativity is connected to our higher power, the energy all around us and the connection that we all have. And I think creativity is a big part of that. Then we moved on to episode three with my other dear friend and roommate, Sophie Alford. And my big takeaway from this conversation with Sophie was how the different environments that you're in at different times vastly impacts the change and growth that you go through during that time because it's changing the experience you're having, right? So as you enter in these different sorts of time periods, and of course, for me, the biggest one that I'm thinking about right now, a couple years post-grad school, is the difference in environment between being in high school versus college versus grad school versus, you know, a young professional, and how have these different environments shaped the growth and experience that I've had during those time frames, and why the last six or so years have been so radically transformative for me. Um, And I think a really big part of that is because I've been in so many different places with so many different groups and types of people um, that are always impacting me in the way I see the world. Episode four, I got to sit down with my coworker at the time and dear friend, Nevin DeCrew. And since Nevin has been on the podcast, he has written a book. So I will link it in the show notes. Please go check out Nevin's book. He is truly one of those people that like we met and it was like, oh, we're the same, you and I. <laughs> and um really right off the bat, found a shared love of philosophy and investigation and like wanting to make the world a better place and human-centered design and this intersection of all of these things. So I think it was really serendipitous that we ended up working together when we did. Um, And we got to have this really awesome conversation about how he lives with intention. And for him, happiness, he says this in the podcast, and I think it's so juicy. Happiness is the intersection between presence and gratitude. And how awesome is that, right? Like, if we can hone in and learn how to have gratitude while we're present in the moment, there's no way that we're not going to find joy, right? Because isn't the heart of joy gratitude? Is it? I'm saying this now and actively thinking about it because I I think it is. And I 
might change my mind in the future. I probably will. But right now, I do think that the heart of joy is gratitude because nothing is easier to have joy for than the things that I feel so lucky to have. So if you can find a way to kind of dig out gratitude for every small moment of your life, even the difficult things, at least gratitude for the learnings that it's bringing you, I think joy is going to be a little bit more within reach. I think Nevin was really onto something that if we can have presence and gratitude in that moment, we will build our life towards joy. And coming from that into episode five, I sat down with one of my best friends from high school. My conversation with Lauren was so interesting because these are conversations that we would have all the time in high school, right? She's one of the people who really encouraged me to follow this dream and is still one of my biggest supporters. Um, And I've known her for like six years at this point and maybe seven years now and putting this kind of history of who I used to be in high school in the context of my dream for who I want to become and what I want to create as I'm becoming this new person. Marrying those two versions of myself in this conversation with Lauren, who's also bringing those two versions of herself, right, was just such this full circle moment to sit here and be able to reflect on moments from high school that were so life altering. Um, And high school is just a radical time of change. It's impossible not to have crazy changes in high school. Um, But also it's really hard. (laughs) It sucks a lot of the time. But you also can make really great connections like the one I was fortunate enough to forge with Lauren. And so to have that shared experience and to then bring it to the present moment, reflecting back, but also looking forward which was inherent in it being one of the first episodes of a podcast that's been a dream for so long, but I also want to make this long-term goal, right? There was no way to separate this kind of liminal space between the past and the future in this conversation we were having and our past selves and future selves. So meeting there with her was this really like dynamic energy that we found, and it was so lovely just to talk with her and I think that's really my main takeaway from this episode was just sharing space with someone who not only supports you but understands and supports you someone who loves you right or cares about you can support you and fully not understand why or what you're doing but because they love you support you right but then there's people who love and care about you and get it, and are fully like, yep, yeah, like, this is what you need to be doing, push, like, keep doing it. Being in that space with Lauren just made me so grateful. Moving on to episode six, I sat down with Stephanie Waite, who is a career advisor and just all around, like, all-star human being. Like, Stephanie is one of those people that anyone who enters her presence 
is just like, oh yeah, like she, she gets it and she gets me and she makes people feel joyful and in a state of flow. And she is so good at listening and making people feel seen and heard. She's just wonderful. So getting to talk with her about higher education and what that means for career for young people especially was really enlightening for me going into being um, a member of academia on the other side of classes and teaching and how can I be a better steward of my students and of their goals and dreams and support them and understand and support them. Stephanie also offered in this conversation the Martin Luther King Jr. quote, life's most urgent and pressing question is what are we doing to help other people? And I think that is just like, like a mic drop quote, right? You know what I mean? When you hear one and you're just like, oh yeah, that. The pressing and urgent question for him is what are you doing for other people, right? That that is humanity's biggest question. I don't know if that's my biggest question. I think my biggest question is like, what's the meaning of life? And the answer to that is maybe what are we doing for other people? I think it largely is, at least for me, in how I try to answer that question now, it really does come down to What am I trying to do for other people? How am I making the world a better place? But to break this quote open even further, what is your most pressing and urgent question I think is so important. And if you're not asking yourself the question of what your most pressing and urgent question is, you're missing something. Because while you don't need to have um, every second of every day filled with conviction and purpose and fulfillment, I do think that the puzzle pieces of your life should add up to something that feels like an attempt at answering a question that's important to you, a question that likely will never have a good answer, but living your life in pursuit of something, I think, helps us all feel like we have a purpose here, but also is going to make the world a better place. How could it not? If you're thinking about what is truly the most important question to be asking and how do I live a life that reflects that? I think if we all did that, the world would be a better place. Episode seven was with one of my other dear friends, Kate Jarrier, and we talked about the afterlife. Man, did we talk about the afterlife. And I always think it's so interesting how much that comes up in the podcast one, because it's part of my speed round questions that I have at the end sometimes. But also just because when you're talking about the meaning of life, it is so inherently impacted and informed by the fact that it ends, right? And so the mystery of what comes next, I think, really speaks to the mystery of now. And I think my conversation with Kate really reflects that. The next episode... I got to sit down with Robin von Schwartz, who is one of my mother's dear friends and was gracious enough to come on and spend some time. Of course, we talk about her book in the podcast. I will also link it in the descriptions of the podcast notes. But Robin's story, this was one of those conversations that I just sat there fascinated the whole time. There's some conversations where I get 
really excited and it's hard for me to not talk over guests or insert my own opinion, right? And this was one where I was just kind of in awe because the insights that she's been able to have, the variety of experiences that have made up her life was just beautiful to me. Here is someone who still has so much life left to live, but has done the reflecting work of why am I the way that I am? How do I become the best version of that? And how have my experiences crafted, shaped, and informed that in that discovery? And being able to separate who you are from your experiences while still seeing the interconnectedness of those things, I think is a really powerful tool in terms of self-reflection. And Robin's story, I think, just beautifully captured the complexities of that, of the nuance between knowing, like, I am born worthy, I'm an innately worthy, and I am not this body, I am not my experiences, I am something that is not a brain, not necessarily behind my eyes, not a mind, not a soul, but this thing that I am is separate from the experience that I am having. However, the thing that I am is still having those experiences. And what do I do with that? And I think that that is like the baseline question of consciousness, right? And so there's so many philosophers out there that have been asking these questions for a much longer time. But we still don't have a good answer. And I think that's just fascinating that this is the one thing that everyone can relate to is that experience of the dissonance between who I am and the experiences I'm having. And it is still the most complicated thing that we do not have an answer to. It's fascinating. And I think Robin's story really poignantly expressed that through the examples of her life. I really, really enjoyed this conversation with Robin. I sat down with another dear friend, Miss Maya Francis, who this episode I just love how different episodes take on different energies based on the people that I'm talking to because they're bringing their stuff to the table. And I always want to be a good host, a good um, welcoming presence that's matching where they're at, making sure they feel comfortable opening up. And I think Maya's episode is such a wonderful example of what the guest brings, really changing the the conversation that we have and the story that we tell together. Because at the end of the day, I do think that talking about meaning is inherently a storytelling and creative process, which goes back to what I was talking about at the beginning with creativity. It's impossible to get away from. And so often these conversations revolve around us sharing experiences and memories, but through weaving these stories, we're actually crafting a broader tale of meaning. That's kind of becomes an overarching theme of the episode. I would have never guessed that one of the episodes would be about relationships and romantic interests and developments, because that is just 
not where I am right now in my life. That is not a huge point of importance for me. Not to say that it's not important and that it shouldn't be considered at all, but because it's not on my mind right now, it is. it just didn't occur to me in planning out meaning-making episodes that, of course, who you're choosing to spend the majority of your time with or who you're choosing to build a life with is a huge part of how we make meaning of the life that we create for ourselves. And Maya walked in with her beautiful energy and that's the conversation we had. And I loved it. It felt different from the episodes that we had had so far, really importantly, but also because it kind of checked me on bringing my own preconceived notions of what the podcast is supposed to be to the table. If the goal of making meaning is to help all of us ask questions about what it means to be who we are, what it means to live a meaningful life, how do we live meaningful lives, it shouldn't just be the things that I think go into that, right? It should be the things that everyone is considering in these huge questions. And of course, romance is going to be a part of that. So really great learning moment for me as a person, as a podcast host, and a really wonderful time with one of my dear friends. Episode 10 with Warren. Warren truly is one of those people who is so himself. He has always been a beacon of authenticity. Like that is the best way I can describe it. Through his growth and change, he's just been an inspiration of staying true to who you are. Yes, Warren and I were friends in high school. It once again was a wonderful moment of this like full circle kind of energy that I was talking about in my conversation with Lauren. But Warren and I, when we left high school and each went to do our own college experience, both ended up pursuing human-centered design and design thinking, which even though it's getting bigger as a study, as a process, who would have thought that him in Pittsburgh and me in Fort Worth would end up doing very similar things and very similar work. However, we both had such different experiences with it in different ways that we're applying it to our work now. Being able to connect with him on that was just really cool. (laughs) It was just really cool. (laughs) What a uneloquent way for me to say that, but I think you know what I mean. Human-centered design is one of those things that really cracked a code for me in the sense that there is a way to merge this kind of process systems thinking with making meaning. I think that being someone who really loves asking big questions like this and having conversations like these with a camera, but also with other people, it can be really hard to create things that are accessible for people that want to start asking these questions too. It's like, well, where do I begin? How do I start? I'm now asking these questions. What resources are there for me out there besides picking up Being in Time by Heidegger, which is like so inaccessible? Human-centered design then kind of enters stage left. And that's kind of what the experience was for me, where I was like, I want to do something. I want to create something that allows people to explore these things. And then I was like, whoa, this thing exists and you can apply it to your life and life design. And um, those tools are really 
invaluable to me in creating the Cohere Collective, creating Making Meaning, and seeing Warren use that same system and apply it to accessibility work and innovation in that area, I think is just a testament to the power of human-centered design and design thinking and the universality that it can bring and its ability to open doors that were previously closed. Episode 11, I sat down with another friend from high school. I really have some wonderful friends from high school, don't I? Um, Miss Tyler McCall, who actually now, at the time that I'm recording this episode, has since graduated from college. Congratulations, Tyler, and is working at an internship in Dublin, which is just the most exciting thing in the world. And with Tyler, we really dove into the way that your parents frame information for you being very important to how you form not only your own answers, but your own questions. I think that because we have parents that have very similar thoughts, but used very different things to talk about those with us, and Tyler and I have kind of ended up in a similar sphere, but also think about things very differently at the same time, just shows the way that not only what you're talking about, but how you're talking about it can really impact who you are and how you think about things. Next episode, episode 12, was with Bill Dreheim, professional sailor and sail maker, and one of my parents' very good friends. And this was an interesting conversation for me, mainly because I'd never had a one-on-one conversation with Bill before. Obviously, he's a really close family friend, has watched me grow up and go to college and start a company and do all these things, but we've never talked one-on-one. And that was a really cool conversation for me to have. And for him to enter this conversation, treating me as a peer was really wonderful and something that... um you don't always find as a young person entering into professional spaces. Also, Bill brought up higher education, which I think is really interesting how often higher education comes up or has come up in season one of Making Meaning. Um, I think the education system inherently comes up when we're talking about the way we make meaning because that's how we're taught to think, right? That's what they say. You're, You're not taught what to think, you're taught how to think. However, I do think sometimes we're taught what to think. There's no question that there's a lot of issues with the education system. Of course, I'm coming off the heels of going to grad school and now teaching in a college setting in the same time that criticisms of education and of student loans and all of these other questions around what the education system should be and should look like are really big in the zeitgeist right now. The next episode was with my wonderful father, Mike Brown. And this was something that I never really thought that I was going to do on the podcast. I was like, I don't really want family members on the podcast. Like, I want this to be a very, like, not impersonal, because of course, making meaning and the meaning making journey is going to be personal. And my opinions are inherently going to be a part of it. 
but I was like, I want it to be as impersonal and unbiased as possible. 13 episodes in, my dad's there. (laughs) Which, I'll be honest, part of was really wanting to make sure I had a, a plethora of guests, but also wanting to have really good conversations and someone that I have always, always, always had great conversations about life with has been my dad. Growing up, um, me and my brother would went to different elementary schools and my mom would take my brother and my dad would take me and we would listen to audiobooks on the way to school and have discussions about them. And, you know, we both meditate now and we talk about meditation and we, we do talk about these big life topics a lot. This is something that we really bond over. And so we ended up having a big conversation. And I was like, why didn't I just pull out the microphone, right? If we're having a really good conversation and it's that energy of it being in the moment, like that is something that I want to try and capture on the podcast, this passionate discussion of what it means to be a human being and living with meaning. And he got nervous and was like, no, 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 let's not do that. And I was like, okay, fine. But I do want to have you on for an episode. So that was an interesting realization to come to. Not the importance of my relationship to my guest. Like that That's not what's important about the guest being there is my relationship to them. What's important is what we're bringing to the conversation and the dynamic that we're creating together and the content that we're able to pull out of one another, right? That as we're connecting, that's something that other people can connect to. And I think that can happen with anybody. And that's a big reason why I have had so many friends on the podcast um, and friends of family on the podcast is because making meaning is something that we all do and we all relate to. And to not share someone's experience just because they happen to be related to me, I think is not a good enough reason to not have them on and talk about it. And if anything, maybe it's a really interesting case study in father-daughter relationships. And that was another really wonderful and challenging, but in a good way, not a bad challenging aspect of this episode was having these discussions have always been extremely private between me and my dad or my mom will be there, right? But It's not like this is something that we do in public. So putting this very private relationship and this very private dynamic into an extremely public arena was also interesting. And to see how my dad presented in a public way also taught me a lot about him. And I'm sure taught him a lot about me as well which really informs my understanding of myself, right? The more you understand where you come from, the more you understand where you're going. Platitude for a reason, which I think just highlights how important the podcast has been for me, not just as a resource for other people, which is ultimately what I want it to be, but it has been so much of a learning experience for me and about my own growth and my own making meaning journey, even though I'm interviewing other people. And starting on episode 14 with Emma, a wonderful, lovely friend. I think this episode really just 
poignantly expresses, similar to Sophie's episode, the way the world around us impacts us, but in such a different way. In Sophie's episode, we talked a lot about how the relationships and culture of your immediate community really changes your experience and how that changes your growth journey and process. In Emma's episode, we talk about how a broader community, a state community, a national community, a global community impacts the way we grow and the way we make meaning. Of course, we're both Americans. We're both Texans. I've grown up in the DFW area. That is inherently a part of the way of my worldview, my positionality, and a part of my meaning-making journey. But hearing Emma talk about how the very specific mindsets of a state, of a nation, and of a world can subconsciously change the way we view ourselves, view our processes, was so radically insightful to me. Specifically, her discussion about capitalism. I am not an expert on discussing the merits or downfalls of different systems, but being able to reflect on how the systems that are in place impact the way I view myself and my engagement with the world and how other people make meaning in engaging with the world, I think is a really, really important part of making meaning that we got to explore in this episode that yes, there are really, really big metaphysical questions that deserve a lot, a lot of deconstructing, right? Busting open and investigating. But I think there's also a lot of questions about our current reality and what that means for us as human beings right now that we should be talking about too. So I'm really glad Emma brought that up and I really hope to keep having that conversation in the future. Moving on to episode 15, the wonderful Cedric James. What a wonderful mentor and teacher and friend that man has been to me. What a wonderful example of a father of an instructor, of a kind human being. He truly puts the notion of living an examined life into practice. And I'm sure you can tell from his episode how thoroughly he thinks about, discusses, and inspects who he is, where he's come from, and how he can be better. And it's so, so admirable to me personally, and hopefully to you as well. I do want to highlight, I think I misused some language in the framing of this episode. Cedric doesn't just own a Super Bowl ring, he earned a Super Bowl ring as a player in the NFL and is now a professor at TCU, a very prestigious university. And he talks a lot about his journey there. He also talks about how the ability to choose is so important for all of us. To him, free will is a built-in in life, which I do think is a deeper metaphysical question that we 
can be and should be asking, but under the assumption, false or not, that it really does seem like we have free will. Having that ability to choose is such a powerful tool and how everything, even the choices we don't make, are active choices. And to me, this ties back to the idea that living life is a creative pursuit. Every single choice you make is kind of adding another piece to this puzzle, another element to this like mod podge collage (laughs) that you're creating for your life. And if you choose not to add something to that picture, that changes the way it looks just as much as putting something onto it does. So I think thinking about choice is really important. And to me, it ties back to the existentialist question of nihilism. If truly none of this means anything, the only thing we have is the ability to choose to make it mean something. So even in the face of absolute nothingness, I believe we still have choice. And I think Cedric is a really wonderful example of how powerful small choices can be that lead to really big, powerful moments of life. And even though those choices may feel small in the moment, that doesn't mean they're not difficult. That doesn't mean they're not radically challenging. And that doesn't mean that they're not bigger than they seem like they are in that moment. The next episode was with the lovely Caitlin Cahill. The one thing I got to say about this episode, when you find someone that you are just like, we're the same person, hold on to those people. Sitting down with Caitlin, I just felt so grateful for her friendship. We met randomly at a concert with other Making Meaning guest, Kate Jarrier, and clicked. She was there by herself and we were like, well, now you're here with us. Let's go hang. Really hit it off. And now she's one of my dear friends. And being able to talk with her about the way we view life and knowing how similar we are really is affirming in a lot of the ways that I choose to live my life. That's not to say that you should only surround yourself with people who agree with you. I think that that gets very dangerous and you shouldn't create an echo chamber for yourself. However, you should have people in your corner that understand. And I truly think our paths crossed for a reason. And I think you can hear that in the energy of the episode. And just what a fun time. Episode 17 I had the lovely Natalie and Dallas from the PhD to be podcast, which will also be linked in the description and episode notes. And I want to start recapping this episode by talking a little bit about language use. One of the um, some of the feedback I got for this episode was about its lack of accessibility and how we were all coming at this with an English literary rhetorical background, which is a very different way of asking these questions than other modes of education. So in talking about concepts like colonialism, imperialism, and how that's imbued in the education system, 
this was a huge learning moment for me in terms of framing and setting up the conversations that I'm having to be a place where there are no wrong questions and that just because one episode isn't for you doesn't mean that the podcast isn't for you, but also making sure that every episode has something for everyone and that there should not be a barrier to entry to making meaning. In terms of providing definitions for these things that we talked about and how they impact um, life today and higher education specifically today, colonialism is the act of a country or state force entering into another place and settling it, right? Either by force or by some other means. Imperialism is slightly different in the sense that you are not necessarily settling it with people from your state, but you are claiming dominance over it through usually military force. Traditionally, both of these processes have come with a lot of hurt and destruction, unfortunately. And the big topics that we were discussing in this episode were what are the ripple effects that we're still seeing from that as citizens of America, specifically as citizens of the world, more unspecifically, but also how that impacts the education system, and then vice versa, how the education system impacts our engagement with other people, because that is the locus of information creation. So I kind of wanted to pause, flashback, and cover some of those concepts. All that to say, it was an absolute joy to sit down with these two lovely ladies. I'm really grateful for their friendship and in something as crazy as grad school, having people that you can have big conversations with and that can provide support that do understand the craziness of grad school is really important. So definitely go listen to the PhD to be podcast. It is a wonderful, wonderful resource for anyone who's considering grad school um, or anyone currently in grad school, but it is also a wonderful place to explore all of the things that I was just clarifying and kind of touching on for that brief moment. The next episode was episode 18 with Nina Simons, which how wonderful it was to have this conversation. Um, I feel really lucky that we were connected because I never thought that episode one, I would get guests as cool as Nina is, but also a really great reminder for me and the importance of connecting back to nature and yourself as a physical embodied being. I was talking a little bit earlier about how you're not your body and you're not your mind and you're not your soul, right? However, whoever you are does exist within a physical body and has a brain that is a physical organ and you have your neurons and synapses and a nervous system and muscles and these are all things that you feel and being able to hear each other and have a body that can move and jump and feel the grass and feel a breeze from the wind. I think it would be a crime to ignore that that is something that you can do within this lifetime, that that is a dimension 
of our humanity and whether or not that is who we are, it being something that we can do and we can access is really important. So wonderful reminder just to get back to nature for me. And of course, there's so many wonderful nuggets in that episode. I really, really would recommend it. If you haven't listened to one, that might be the one I recommend. Next episode was with singer-songwriter Macy Pearl, who does have a song that when this episode comes out will have just come out. It is called Drive, so definitely go listen to it. Anywhere you listen to music, search Macy Pearl and Drive. And again, returning to the notion of creativity, I think Macy's story kind of puts a perfect bow on that notion of life being a creative process that Macy finding her way to a creative career was a creative process and exploring creativity mirrored the journey that she had exploring who she was and what her identity was, which I think is true of a lot of us if we're reflecting honestly. But of course, it's put in a really stark light for someone who is living so creatively their daily life. And then the last episode, besides this one, with the wonderful JJD Geronimo, the biggest insight I had from this episode is one of the key takeaways she outlines in her book. Only you can honor yourself and your whispers. And as someone who struggles with wanting external validation, hearing that reminder was just so important that in this life and in this meaning-making journey, no one fully understands you but you. Even as much as someone really getting you feels great, like I was talking about earlier, someone who like actually understands you, there's a certain understanding that only you can have about yourself. And I think that is one of the keys to making meaning and to forging our identities and living a life of purpose and reminding myself, but hopefully the audience as well, if you struggle with a similar thing, that the dimension of your life that only you have access to, I think you have to explore because no one else can. And whatever your story is, it's worthy of telling and it's worthy, you, you deserve to tell it and the world deserves to hear it. And it's something that only you are capable of doing. I'll round out my discussion of all of the past podcast episodes there. There's really no other update to give except I am still growing and changing And I am so full of gratitude for this experience, for the people that have supported it, my parents that never once questioned or thought that I was crazy, that are and were my number one supporters. And and I'm so grateful for every single guest coming on, sharing their story and being vulnerable And I'm really, really grateful for you. Dear listener, this would not exist without you. 
this becomes something different when you listen to it, when you engage with it, when you interact with it, in whatever way, it becomes yours too. So all the gratitude in the world for being here and a part of it in whatever way that looks like for you. so much for being here today and I do want you to be a part of the conversation so share your thoughts on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, or LinkedIn or threads now all at the Cohere Collective. There will not be a blog post for today's episode but you can subscribe to the newsletter on thecoherecollective.com to get exclusive content, updates on season two, and everything else Cohere. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And if you feel so inclined, please leave an honest review or rating and share the pod. Those are the number one ways to help me reach more people that will resonate with the content and will contribute to the collective and to the Making Meaning community. And hopefully reach my goal, our collective goal of making the world a better place. Thank you to Podington Bear for making Meanings theme music and Nicole Ostriker for making Meanings art and podcast cover. You can find Nicole's work on Instagram at Nicole O Creates or Nicole O Design. And you can find Podington Bear at podingtonbear.com. Right now, I am feeling accomplished. So thank you for being here. And I hope you feel like you're living more coherently. I'll catch y'all in season two. Love.